What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Combo's Court. Don't forget to rate, review, and check out that Combo's Court Patreon page if you would like to support this podcast even further. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Today's show, Keandre of Hoop Intellect joins in to talk NBA draft and more. I know it's really early, but we had to bring Keandre in to talk about it. We discuss... Has the door open for Scoot to become the number one pick? How are the Thompson twins different in terms of their games? We also talk about some guys that could jump up the draft boards during this upcoming college season and much more. You can find Keandre on YouTube at Hoop Intellect. Go subscribe. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Andre back in the building virtually actually met him in the building Thomas and Mac in Vegas it was great meeting you what's the word Keandre what is the word man appreciate you for having me on the show once again you know um what is this probably this is my third time I think gotta be third or fourth man and I mean I'm coming up on 400 episodes so you're definitely a part of what I built here and I always appreciate you coming on I appreciate it man for sure yeah, I tru- you're truly knowledgeable. Um, your videos are great. Um, I even seen a video of you shooting the basketball. Great energy transfer. Is that something you think about when you're shooting? Have you been working on that? Or is that something you always had? <laughs> uh, no, definitely not something I really think about. Um, unless like I had just seen something I might like, it might pop in my head at some point. But I think I've always been like a, a one motion shooter. So um, and that comes from like, I was like really small as a kid. Yeah. So that kind of just, I just always shot that way. So that was nothing I really like worked on. It just kind of came, came naturally. It's interesting that you say that because a lot of people could just learn from little kids shooting because they're usually always one motion shooters, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's like a, you know, a lot of little kids are just chucking that thing up there, Um, which I always think that's interesting because like there's some kids who like are really good, but they got like the craziest form, like just, over the side of their head, shoulder, whatever it is. Um, and then they might have some issues kind of down the line as everybody kind of equals and, and gets stronger and everything. So, but yeah, just like from that, from that one perspective, it's definitely something that I think a lot of people could learn from. Do you ever see players who are two motion shooters and you just feel like they should keep it like that? Like they're better off shooting it that way? Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of it is just kind of naturally like whatever you're most comfortable with and if you can do like the certain things and have a a fluid release and make it um consistent and everything and and you don't have like something that's crazy like lonzo ball um shooting from the side of his face or something like that then yeah i I definitely encourage that i think you know one specifically is that i actually know is grady dick he's kind of a, a two motion shooter probably one and a half at times but you know he's one of the best shooters i've ever seen so like that that works and it's funny because when he was in like seventh or eighth grade he actually switched he used to be more like one motion and then he kind of raised his release a little bit and i thought that was i've always thought that was interesting never actually asked him about it but um 
at some point I probably will. I mean, Ray Allen, two motion shooter, a lot of like a lot of great shooting coaches now would say that they kind of defied the odds with it and just repped it out so much that became great at it. But we are seeing like one motion, great energy transfer is just conducive to a more consistent shot and definitely conducive to having more range. Yeah. And it, it also kind of helps you in other areas, you know, off the dribbling and things yes. like that. It's a little easier to get off. I mean, you look at Rashard Lewis, I think that's one of the the most pronounced yeah. like, two motion shooters I've ever seen. Um, but like, you know, certain people make it work. So yeah, most definitely. Um, when you're watching kids today play high school players, I mean, we're seeing more one motion. Like I'm looking at all these kids and the energy transfer for the most part is great on all of them. Like you don't see a lot of hitches on kids jump shots these days. Yeah. You know, I think, I really think Steph has a lot to do with that. Ah, okay. um, I think he kind of became the guy that everybody watched at least, you know, last seven years or whatever. So um, I feel like he, he's kind of had a direct impact on that just naturally. Um, that's the guy that everybody sees and he's the one who makes the most shots. So everybody's going to kind of follow in place. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people have at least kind of taken some things from him over over the course of the years. What were your initial thoughts when you heard Chet getting injured? Obviously, it's super unfortunate. Man, uh, it really it really pissed me off just because I know what the outside stuff was oh, going man. to be immediately. And because yeah. it had nothing. To, it wasn't like some something where he just got bowled over and everybody was like, oh, he's you're right. He's just too fragile and everything. He's not tough because. I don't know, for whatever reason, a lot of people have a lot of opinions on players that they've never really watched. Like, you might have watched him play in the tournament or whatever, but you didn't watch him the rest of the year against Zaga, and you didn't see the toughness, you know, going back to high school and everything. So it was really unfortunate to hear that. I'm Hopefully he'll be able to, you know, make a full recovery and everything. But, um, yeah, definitely was annoyed by kind of the conversation and the noise that would inevitably come from that because just immediately as it was announced, you know, you had people – like victory lapping. So, um, yeah, hopefully yeah, I mean, victory lapping around somebody's injury is insane. In my opinion, <laughs> I know I, that's the thing. Cause you, you've hooped at a high level and you know, it's like, this is like something sacred, you know, I actually had a injured. bad injury around his age. And especially at that age, it's not like he's 30 and like had a lot of his career behind him. Like you're gearing up to play in the NBA, your dream. You're finally realizing it. And then you can't play right away. I mean, that is tough, especially as somebody like Chet, who you know loves the game of basketball, you know? Yeah. And and also on top of that is he's never had like this crazy, you know, injury history before. He's been clean the whole way through. So it's like this is the first like major injury he's really had. And it's going into the NBA in his biggest, um, you know, the biggest stage possible. So um, really unfortunate. But, um, you know, you kind of just hope for the best and, and hopefully he'll be able to make it through. Were you surprised that they said he was out for the season right away? Um, yes and no. It's the Thunder, so kind of I kind of assumed like if there was anything that they were gonna do is just take take all precautions. We'll be fine. You know, we're not gonna really make a push for the playoffs this year. Um, but at the same time, it's like he could potentially because we're so far out. It's still August, so. Um, he could potentially be be right in time, but coming in the end of the season, it doesn't really make sense. You can have him as a rookie in the next year, you know, go for all the rookie of the year awards and everything. So um, long term, you just kind of kind of eat those last couple months. I feel like it could be like the under promise to overachieve type of thing. Like 
if we want to bring them back and we do bring them back, we could surprise everybody. And then it's like, hey, Chet's back, you know? Yeah, that's that's another thing. I feel like that could potentially happen. Like putting too. no pressure on Chet, pretty much. Right, right, right. And the thing is, like, if if he were to come back, I, I just think that he was going to be a big reason why they were going to take a, just a little bit of a step forward and maybe it'll be a little bit better than people might have thought. They were like a top 10 defense last year when everybody was was healthy and together um, until like the end of the season. And then you add Chet to that. Um, I think that, you know, they would have been potentially way better than, you know, people would have expected um, still being a lottery team, but not anything, you know, crazy. But um yeah, now that he's out, it's just going to be interesting. If they are able to somehow weather the storm or something, and then he comes back, that would be you know a cool story too. At the end of the day, if we like it or not, people are overreacting. Does that crack the door open for Scoot to become the number one overall pick? Um, in which way, you know? Oh, for the injuries and everything. Yeah, Wendy, I mean, Chet, tall guys, yeah. injuries. Wemby has an injury history. Yeah, that's that's something I've been thinking about just over the last couple months already just with Wimby's injury history I think that we all kind of got to see him on the court and obviously NBA training staffs and and he's just such a unique talent that it might not matter in the end and people will be willing the to upside take is that just risk. too high probably right 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 and um but you know just for like the Thunder specifically they they already have Shea and Giddy so that kind of throws things off but if it were to come down to that it's just kind of interesting that they might have to like well, not have to because Wimby's such a great talent, but have two guys that maybe you're a little bit more worried about. Well, we don't know um, who's going to get the number one pick. Unless, right. But unless if, you know something, we don't know, Keandre. Do you know these things before everybody else? Well, I was just saying, you know, with, <laughs> okay, with, okay. with Chet being out, you know, right. they could potentially have that that um, that uh, opportunity at, at their hands. But, um, right. yeah, whoever it is, I think that that might be something that they think about for sure. I mean – you had a great video on Scoot recently. On Scoot recently, obviously the athleticism pops off the screen when you watch him play, and I don't think he has too many weaknesses, really. Um, what would you like to see him improve on in this upcoming Ignite season? Yeah, the main thing is really just three point shooting, like you know, being a little bit more willing, being able to to play off the ball more, and um, just kind of the relationship and being able to, yeah, just play off the ball and off of his other teammates. You got guys like Leonard Miller and City Sissoko in there that can handle the ball and make plays. So just seeing how he kind of reacts to that, how he he plays off and moves and, and cuts and things like that. But those are really the main things. Like you said, he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses, and that's why I love him as a prospect. I think he's just going to be fun to watch. He was already ri ridiculous at 17, 18 years old in the G League. I don't think people have quite grasped how good he was at that age. Like, it takes a, a special prospect to put up, you know, 15 and, and four or five or whatever at what he did and shoot from the mid-range like he did and out-athlete people at that age. So it's like, He's he's someone who's worthy of the number one pick in most years, and it's just because Wimby's there that everybody's not you know widely talking about him as being that next guy. But he's definitely worthy of it. He wasn't getting the hype he deserved, and I feel like it was like that with everybody on the night. Right, a lot of it was because, in my opinion, the NIL deals, college basketball fans were back, and we know the hoopla around that. So I just think that hurt some of the prospects in the ignite. We see Paulo who played at the college level at a very high level. He gets a Jordan sneaker deal. Jaden Hardy falls to the second round. It kind of shows you where the interest was this season. 
Yeah, you know college basketball is going to reign supreme. They're on ESPN. They're on CBS on Saturdays. They're in front of you, right? So those players are going to get the most hype. Even the guys who are like like a Carson Edwards or um, like a Marcus Howard or, you know, the college stars um, end up being even more popular than some of the G League or um, overseas guys just because people have seen them. Um, but I think hopefully – Social media, Scoot's going to do what he does. He's going to have one of those crazy highlight plays. It's going to go viral. Hopefully, people will pay more attention, watch a couple more games, and and he'll get kind of that, the praise that he deserves. And, um, yeah, that's the, that's the main thing. I think one thing that was interesting about last year in uh, comparison to the first year that they did it, there was a lot, of, a lot more games on ESPN. And this might have had something to do with, like, the pandemic and them having to fill slots um, with sports and everything, but there was a lot game, a lot of Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga's games in that G League bubble on ESPN, and I remember that being kind of a thing that everybody was um, at least more in tune to, um, and I think that really would have helped kind of the draft stocks of Jaden Hardy specifically, just seeing that the beginning of the season, people might have tuned in, saw that he was struggling a little bit, second half, didn't watch, so they wouldn't have known, so I think hopefully we get to see them a little bit more in front of people, but, you know, being on ESPN Plus, um, that doesn't get everybody, but hopefully, you know, like I said, social media kind of attracts more people. Well, now with Scoop being the number one American prospect, I'm sure they are going to have some high level ESPN games, right? And some national TV games. I I hope so. You know, yeah. at least at least a few, you know, actually last year, I think they were on ESPN for the, what was that called? G League Showcase or something like that. Right, and right. um. I think there was two or three games in there. So that might've been the only time, but if we can get, you know, three to five, I think that should be enough for him to kind of get a little bit more of the outside crowd. Cause you know, guys like us and on Twitter already know everything there is to know. So um, just kind of getting those, those other, you know, basketball fans to, to tune in. Yeah. The Thompson twins. I actually had a chance to watch them play in person. Shouts to all my friends at overtime. They obviously look alike. They play alike, but Keandre, I want to ask you, how are they different? Yeah, so I'll try to keep this as short as possible. Just dropped videos on both of them the last couple of weeks. So if you want an in-depth look, definitely go watch those. Um, tune in, tune in. But Amin, to me, he's a little bit more explosive. Um, somebody who can get downhill um, with the best of them and, and um, attracts a lot of attention from the defense. He's a really talented playmaker. Some of the passes that he throws – um are ridiculous just the way that he sees the game is just a little bit different than everybody else out there um he's also a really solid defender um and those are those are kind of the main defining uh pieces of his game he's somebody who has the potential to be more of a, like a point guard type of player and then you've got asar who you know is an excellent defender averaged like over two 2.2 blocks a game last year um does a lot of damage at the point of attack, super laterally quick. And then, you know, he's been a, a little bit more willing of a shooter, has better touch around the rim. Um, and, and obviously shooting is going to be a swing, big swing skill for the both of them. Um, kind of bringing that uh, up to par, both from the free throw line and um, from three, hopefully to open up the rest of their game and, and really help them explore, you know, the floor a little bit more as athletes. Um, but he's also a really solid passer as well. They, they, they play off of each other, you know, super well. So in the, some of the games that we've seen them, um, 
play on the same team, they, you know, that synergy is really going and then it kind of gets really super difficult to tell. But once you start, you know, actually watching just a few of their games when they're individual teams in the the overtime program, it's really easy to kind of tell the difference in, you know, a star being more of a connecting wing and, and a men, you know, running the show and doing what he did in the um, overtime finals as kind of the best player in that and, and, you know, setting up everybody in the way that he did. So over time, I think that people are going to be able to tell just a little bit more, um, but they are really similar, like you said. Yeah, I mean, from everything I heard and even seen, because you could read body language when you're watching, especially in person, they're very coachable, very good kids, and that always helps out as well. Yeah, for sure. I I think a big thing about them is their demeanor. Like, I was watching that um, TBT game when they were down big and they, you know, made that They were not shy at all in that, right? They, they I mean, like, that's, I, I feel like that level is higher than people think, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. people. Some people just don't know about the TBT. I understand it's on ESPN, but you know, I understand if you don't know who these guys are. But like, like a lot, lot of these teams are drastically better than college teams. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, yeah. there's a lot of guys from like the last three, four years who played on tournament teams. You know, over you know that right. now they're overseas right. and and making exactly. money and, and doing that thing. But yeah, from the jump, they just they got to it, and when they were down, they they have straight face. You don't react to anything and they just keep going and i like that about them yep yep for sure all right so johnny davis was a guy last year who really like jumped through the board right he soared through everybody's board some people didn't even have him in the first round when the season started um he didn't have a great summer league but that's a whole other thing to talk about we could talk about that on another day who is a guy that you feel will be like this year's johnny davis that's a that's a tough question because um, Johnny Davis had a really solid he had a really solid freshman season you know just right. kind of where um, where did people have him like late first early second or not on boards at all I don't I don't think that I really I think that he was more of an honorable mention for me because he played in the right. um, you know U nineteen that championship team with the rest right. of those guys um, didn't do a whole lot you know yeah because I don't in, I didn't really really remember him on boards but it's crazy how high he jumped you know. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, do they have to be a freshman? No. Like a freshman going into sophomore. Just just a player that people are not talking about enough and that aren't high on boards that you're pretty confident will jump up through boards. Okay. So I think one candidate for that would probably be Eric Gaines, Um, you know, LSU transfer. I think that, you know, there was actually a viral clip that he just had, you know, at at the CP3 camp um, of that windmill uh, right. taking off and making it look like a video game. I think that he has a, the potential to be kind of a first round pick this year and, you know, surprise people. He was already, you know, like super good athlete, somebody who can make plays, really good defender, um, goes to UAB now, if I didn't already say that. Um, I think that he has the potential to like really surprise people and, and get into that conversation. I think Chris Murray, you know, Keegan's brother from Iowa has definite potential to kind of surprise and take over what, what Keegan did last year. Now, I don't think that he's going top five. Um, that would really shock me and we could clip this and, and come back to it if he does, but <laughs> right. um, cause he's, he's a little older. He'll be like senior age as a junior. Well, people but, didn't even think Keegan was going top five. So, right. I, I thought, I think I had, preseason Keegan was top 20 um 
did not at all see him taking that scoring jump that he did because summer league was impressive, bro. Yeah, I mean, even just Iowa in general, like going yeah, from true. what he did with that true. with that uh, Luca Garza team and, and Joe Wee's camp, and then coming back and average leading uh, the country and scoring like he did, ridiculous. But yeah, I think Chris could be one of those guys. Um, does a lot of the same things, um, at least be some someone who we project as like a role player in the second round. Um, but yeah, I think those are some of the main ones. I'm really excited to watch Terquavion Smith come back as a sophomore playing for NC State. I feel Super like he's dynamic. big time on your channel, on the Hoop Intellect channel. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like I I just really like his game. Hopefully yeah. he can, he's been getting a little bit stronger and um can make more of an impact defensively and hopefully finish at the basket better but he's got you know definitely top 20 potential um but i like this class in general i you know i always feel like i say everybody's my favorite player but like i really like watching all the different you know styles and things people bring to the game so yeah do you think brandon miller could be one of those guys obviously a lot of people have him first round already but you know two-way player six nine potential three-level scorer do you think he's a guy that could jump up the boards yeah, he's he's somebody who what the way too early board that I did, I think he was like 20 or 21. I've already moved him up kind of into my my lottery going into the preseason. I think that he has, you know, a ton of potential. Like you said, 6'9 can can do a lot of different things. Um as long as he keeps expanding his range from the mid-range out to the three-point line. Um he did he led them in scoring over um in their European tour. And then he was also given like the hard hat award that they give out for like the dirty work and the hustle and everything. So, um, yeah, he's he's got he's got all the tools to to be a lottery guy. So I think that that's something that he'll be in that conversation the entire year. He got some bounce off too. I saw one dunk. Oh my god! <laughs> it shows where we are in the draft. Like somebody as knowledgeable as yourself having a guy like that in the twenties just shows how many great players there are in the NBA draft. Like if this was twenty years ago. And we've seen video on that guy. There's no way you would have him at 20. That's just my opinion. I, I mean, these NBA drafts are just getting better. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. But also, you know, doing the way too early boards, everything outside of the, you know, well, honestly, in this class, top two, and then we go like three through 15-ish. And then, you know, down below a little bit more is kind of kind of even up for grabs at this point. So that's part of it. But also, yeah, it's just a lot of talent to kind of choose from and decipher coming from all these different directions and, and levels. We haven't seen them all play against each other. Or this dude was on the Under Armour circuit. This dude is on, you know, Nike playing EYBL. So there's a lot of different things to juggle this early. But, yeah. You know whose game I like? Anthony Black. He makes it look easy. I like yeah. players that make it look easy. Yeah, he's he's a fun one for sure. Arkansas is going to be great to watch this year. He just needs to probably improve on the shooting a little bit, but he has everything else. Yeah, you know, anybody who's a fan of the big point guards, he's, he's yeah, one of those me. guys. That's so. definitely me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just makes it look easy, and he kind of has that point guard mentality, but he has the ability to score as well, which you need in today's NBA. Yeah, definitely. He's a lot. He's a lot better athlete than you might think as well. Like because he's kind of playing at his own pace. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's got a football background. You know, oh, okay. he had D one offers. He actually had an offer to go play at Arkansas wide receiver. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think he just sent out a tweet earlier. He was like, uh, "Is that offer still good to suit up on Saturday?" <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, see, so. I mean, like all the hype is around college football right now. I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like when you think about it, like certain certain things that he does on the court, um, 
But yeah, he's got he got that toughness. I'm really excited to watch him. All right, so there's another Nikola who played with Jovic. Dursic, I, 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 <laughs> I probably got the name wrong. I definitely got the name wrong. What is it, Dursic? Um, Jurisic, I believe. Jurisic, all right, all right. What have you, I mean, so you got to watch Jovic play a lot, and I'm sure you came across him watching Jovic play, right? Yeah, definitely did last year. Um, you know, 6'8", can do, you know, dribble, pass, shoot, perform really well um, in the Adidas Next Generations tournament a few months ago. Um and yeah, you know, he's going to be he's somebody who I'm really just interested to see kind of going forward because, um, you know, different levels and everything and being able to see them in, in different environments and as um, playing a different role this season, obviously, with, with Jovic not there and even. Um, what's my guy's name? Center. Forgetting his name. I do this all the time now. I feel like COVID has made my brain fried or I'm just watching everything <laughs> a lot of videos you know it, it yeah happens. i got there's a lot of information but uh carlo makovich there we go there you go brain working um but yeah him being off the team as well he's gonna have a little bit different role this season um but he's somebody who i could see end up being you know a lottery guy and being that next european um kind of point forward um and, and sneaking his way into that conversation is he a similar position as jovich and how is he different from jovich yeah i think he's a little bit more natural sort of a ball handler in the sense of like, you know, Jovic could obviously dribble pass shoot as well, but, you know, just kind of running the, running the game and, and controlling pace a little bit better. Um, in my opinion, he's obviously a little bit stronger, built a little different than Jovic. Um, so that's part of it as well. But um, yeah, that's, that's just at least some of it, uh, some of the differences between them. Have you get to, have you got to see Bryce play at all? Like in full games? What do you think about Bryce's game? Oh, Bryce James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've i only seen, like, a few clips and everything and, you know, some of the stuff that they were playing in, uh, like, a few weeks ago. Um, right. But, yeah, he's he's got he's got a lot of potential. And the growth spurt definitely caught me off guard. He I feel like he was, like, 5'5", five, five, you know, six months ago. And now he's, what, like, 6'5", something like that. Um, yeah. He, I th- he just got his first D1 offer from Duquesne um coached by LeBron's old high school coach uh, Keith Dambrot so it's gonna be fun to watch him in his progression over the next couple years um hopefully people relax a little bit and don't you know put a whole bunch of things on him like they have Bronny I feel like that's a little bit of a big ask you know just being LeBron's son you know how they're gonna run with that you already got Skip Bayless tweeting at Bronny um but yeah you know somebody who can be like that like quintessential shooting guard we'll see how tall he actually gets but um i like him i feel like maybe even the first time you were on the show we talked about Bronny and just championing him and it's great to see his improvement yeah we did talk about Bronny, um and he's continued to get better you know he's really looks he looks the part now and you know his improvements offensively and just kind of you know taking those steps forward and the confidence and and you know putting up more scoring numbers and taking on that lead role so should be fun to watch both of them this season in high school. And then, you know, whatever Bronny decides to do next, going to college, you know, he's got all those those uh, schools on his list now and everything. So that should be fun to see. So do we have another uh, video coming soon? And what's what's on the agenda for you, man? What's 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 going on? Yeah, so. Well, you I just think- dro- well, you just dropped the Thompson twin video today as we're recording this, not as this podcast drops. So. Yeah, so I did that video. I think that we're going to 
we might do like a mock draft or something soon. And then after that, I have some most improved stuff that I did last year um, that I really like doing, like uh, just kind of picking those guys who might break out next season. Last year, I think we talked about uh, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray, um, Jordan Poole was in there as well. And they all had, you know, fantastic Ooh. seasons. Right, right. Um, also talked about OG and Anobi and Michael Porter Jr. Went different ways for different reasons. But, right. yeah, that's a that's a fun one. And I think we might start it with Precious Achua. So, um, okay, okay. It's a little exclusive there. <laughs> Have you been watching the Rico Hines runs? Um, man, yo, tell me this. The Raptors are going to have a crazy competitive advantage. Like they're playing with their whole team together. It seems like every day. Yeah, I feel like they've been doing this for a few years. Like always coming up to the to the Rico runs. Well, Rico Rico's a coach for them, right? I think he is. Is he all players developers? I'm pretty is, sure. I'm pretty. I would have to fact check that, but I'm pretty. Well, sure. I I know he's Pascal's guy. Like that, they've okay. had a relationship over the last you know several years, and he's he trained him and worked out with him. Um, but yeah, they've got a great competitive advantage those rico runs are the best um yeah yeah they're great to watch i mean like think about it a lot of times the beginning of the season starts and players don't want to step on each other's toes they haven't played with each other in a while obviously you have training camp but it's not the same as hooping almost every i mean i don't know if the run is every single day it seems like it with the youtube videos but <laughs> they're hooping all the time together like constantly i think it's a great advantage for them yeah i love i love watching those videos like yeah, definitely. I don't know. It's just something about seeing the NBA level talent, like the stars. You know, we just the Steph one just dropped today. Just seeing them in that kind of environment is just like really cool. Um, and there's definitely certain players that are just better. I mean, like they're good NBA players as well, but they're just better in that type of environment. Yeah, like uh, I don't, I don't know if I would say better about Paul George, but like just watching him in there, like. It's yeah, like crazy yeah, yeah. that he can do what he can do at that size. I was thinking like after this Steph one dropped today, I was like, I got to figure out how to sneak in there next year, but make a trip during the, the Rico runs and find my way into the gym. Nah, most definitely. Most definitely. Keandre, great work. You're always welcome back on the show. Keep up the great work with the videos. Thanks so much for taking the time and talk soon, man. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you having me on, man. Anytime. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Big shouts to Keandre for joining in. Big shouts to everyone who tunes into Combo's Court across the globe. Leave a five-star rating and a friendly review on your Apple Podcast app. If you would like to support this podcast even further, check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode 398, Combo, out.